Well, welcome to the Deliver You podcast series, where we bring you our best thinking on various topics related to running a business, but with our slant. We at Deliver You believe that work is worship and that God uses entrepreneurs like you to help advance his kingdom. As such, it is our calling to teach tested strategies for personal growth and development, offer practical tools to accomplish your dreams and goals, and to come alongside to support deliberate incremental change that is rooted in the application of timeless truths. This podcast is part of a series looking at the area of recruitment from finding candidates to even consider through the onboarding process. I have with me Bria Robinson, our client experience manager, and myself, Matthew Eckert, your host and senior consultant. Now, this podcast in the series is all about the reference check process. And Bria, as soon as I say that, I had an experience yet just yesterday I want to share how employers, I don't think, take this process seriously. A friend of mine had gotten a job, received an offer via email, and then the person came back and said, oh, by the way, I probably should have references on file. Can you give me two references? And so I could just make sure I have them on file. It's like an afterthought. And they kind of laughed and said, sure, and gave them, had no problem with that. But so talk to us before we even go into any details, what you want to look for. What has been your experience uh, with companies? Mine has been, they don't take it seriously or it's an after after effect. It's the last checkbox. They've already decided what they want to do. So I don't know, what have you experienced? Maybe Maybe it's just me and what I've seen. For sure. I think, I think that's exactly what I've experienced is a lot of people think that references are something that you have to do, or you only do if you have like an ink, like a feeling like, oh, maybe they're not being honest, or maybe, maybe this, um, this person isn't actually who they said they were. And I think a lot of us have probably found where we've hired someone and then realized later on that, oh, this person said they were amazing at this, this, and this when they were in their interview or when they were uh, writing it on their resume. But then when they actually got to the job site, you realize that what maybe what they qualified or said was amazing isn't exactly what you would call amazing. And that sort of thing could be caught if we had references. Now, you know that not everyone that you have as a reference is gonna say like, oh, this person was bad, but we can definitely read between the lines in terms of validating resume, validating who they are and validating what they've said in an interview. So it's, it's super helpful. And it gives you just the big thing you want to have is a, is a, say like a holistic view of who this person is. You want to have like a 360 view of who that person is. And with a, with an interview and a resume, you only get that one side, whatever they're presenting, which is always going to be the best or most likely. So yeah, everyone just thinks that they're just a checkbox. You have to fit it, fit or you just don't do them. Yeah. The interesting thing I've noticed in hiring people too, like I always thought, how good can references be? Because people provide whoever they want, right? And they're not giving their mother. Um, but uh, you, you assume these yeah, people are going to give a certain slant. And what I've noticed more often than not, people don't leverage this. So they give you references, but they haven't told the reference about them. And so the reference is kind of surprised. 
Or secondly, I'm actually surprised at how brutally honest some re references have been for me. And I, I often get off a reference call and I wonder how did this person even choose this reference? Because this reference wasn't very positive. So it's interesting, you know, don't assume that they're gonna be not great because I have discovered some interesting conversations with a reference. Any, any thoughts on that piece of validity and how good they could be? Yeah, so I, I've had similar experiences actually where people have, but actually people have put me down as a reference when I would not have put myself down as a reference for that employee because I didn't want to be a reference. And um, I think, in, 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 and I was very, um, how would I say, the person who actually called me was, was someone who was helping this person get a job. And I essentially told the person who was helping them get a job that I didn't think that if they were going to have to have a reference that they should put me down. Because I said I did not have a good experience with this employee, and um, there's a bunch of things that happened. But I was like, I don't, I don't want to have to tell someone who's calling that no, I don't think that they're going to be very reliable. As an example, yeah. so I think, I think it's very interesting how people just put you down as a reference without even asking. And so <laughs> you will have the people who have the references who will at least try to say good things, um, or who will honestly think that you're amazing but most of the time i feel like you can have it's a bit of a mixed bag in terms mm. of what people will say so how yeah. important do you think it is um as we just talked here to coach a potential employee in references such as um thanks for your references have you contacted the reference so they know i'm going to contact them and secondly what do you believe is the best way for me to connect with this person? Is it good to even go on that level just to, because they might say, yeah, please just text them or phone them. Is, is it a good, have you ever guided the potential employee so that you are, are most efficiently engaging with a reference? Is that a good process? I feel like that could be helpful. I have mostly just told them that I'm going to call their references. Um, I haven't said like, what's the best way to contact them. But if you find that in your industry, harder to contact, like let's say um, you're hiring for construction or things like that, you might really want to ask, okay, what's the best way to contact this person? Because you don't want to do telephone tag. And you do want them to know that you're coming because otherwise they'll be like, who's this random person who's giving me a call? And so I think, I think there is some like really helpful insight that way of like coaching um, about that. So yeah, that'd be helpful. Yeah, there's nothing better for me when I call a reference. They said, yeah, I've been expecting your call. So it's like, okay, they've been prepped, they've been told, which is to me, it actually, to me, that also validates something about the quality of the person I've been, I've been interviewing, that they've been proactive in reference, getting the reference ready for to me. So one of the pieces I want to throw here too, I mentioned this on our interviewing uh, podcast around that piece. I have found if I'm, let's say I'm going to do at least two interviews with someone, maybe it's a, a manager position. I try to contact the references before my final interview. And I try to mine from the reference call extra conversation or questions I can ask in my last interview. Say, hey, so-and-so said this, help me understand this more. I, and I want them to see the validity of that. Have you ever done that or experienced that piece and the benefits of using the reference data conversation to for a final interview? Yeah, so I think we've, we've done that here at Deliberate You where we've done the references in between the two interviews. Now, how I see, I see the final interview at the end of that final interview, within an hour, I want to be able to have a decision of who I'm going to go with. So I want to make sure that I have all my ducks in a row per se, 
if I'm doing a like a technical competency assessment or any sort of assignment for them to show me how they show me their skills, I will do that and then reference checks between the two interviews um, so that I don't have anything else to do left over. But yes, talking to talking to the people, their references and getting their insight and then using that to ask for their questions just continues to give you another layer of who this person is, which each person, they, they'll share a certain layer and then they'll share another layer. And so that's super helpful to give you a big picture 360 again of who this person is because the references know this person way better than you do. And so then you're able to kind of ask them a, a few more questions and that sort of thing. So it's super helpful. Nice. Yeah. So even before we get into what you're trying to get the reference, just once again, we always say, take all these pieces seriously. These are, these are not just add-ons references, um, leverage them well, think about them well, that kind of piece. So, okay. So what are we looking for? Um, one point here we have, and if you, once again, if you're a delivery, you client, you have access to these things through the, uh, uh, the, the, uh, master's mind toolbox. We have a set of reference check questions, but the one category is all around the validity of the resume. So Bria, what are we looking at here? What's the purpose of this? Surely everybody's resume is amazing. Um, and they did work completely honest. They checked it, triple checked it. So, um, talk to me about validity of the resume, what we're trying to get out there. Yeah, so I guess if you listen to our, I think it was our last podcast or the screening podcast, one of the interviewer screening podcasts, I had mentioned something that my teacher had taught me around embellishing my resume. And I've talked a few times with friends and things like that around different friends who weren't necessarily old friends from high school, weren't necessarily honest on their resume based on the suggestions that they'd received at school um, or just based on what they were thinking and wanting to get the job. So I do really think that validating the resume is very important um, for that reason in terms of embellishments and making sure that they're really being honest about where they're at. That doesn't mean that you won't necessarily hire them, but if they are maybe uh, embellishing their skills, it will, it will increase the amount of training that you have to do if they are the right person. Um, and then the next thing is, is around, I'd say around details too. So if someone isn't showing the detail that they put into the resume, let's say they mixed up the year that they were working there, or they mixed up some of the details in the resume, that's something that you want to be aware of. And then in the final interview, you can ask them questions about that, right? Be like, hey, so the, re the reference said this, and that was a little bit different than what you had shared with me. I'm just wondering why that's happening. So the validating of the resume is one, for that reason of maybe mitigating some of those issues. And then two, it also just gives you more peace of mind. So you know, like, you know what, what they presented is actually what um, happened. So that's super helpful. So what if, as you're talking here, so the resume is looking at, you know, jobs someone has had, et cetera. What if none of the references they gave you are connected to what's on the, on the resume? How do you validate the resume, right? Like they, they gave a mentor of theirs or a past teacher or whatever else. And um, yeah, what do you do with that? Are you, are you really trying to get at least forcing at least one resume or what reference to be part of a resume? So how do you deal with that piece? And maybe you just well, can't. I think, yeah, that's something I would ask in the interview. Like either like <clears throat> ideally I would have looked over that list of references before the first interview. But if I haven't, then I would ask that person outright, like, hey, I noticed that none of these references 
are tied to any of your job experience. So um, if none of the references are tied to your job experience, that really makes it hard for us as a company to validate your resume and just actually get a feel for what you do at companies similar to ours. Because a lot of times I know that people try to update their resume and only include the jobs that are applicable because you may have had a bunch of jobs and they may not be applicable for what you're um, applying for. But we really do want to have a reference around a field that's similar to yours or around one of the jobs that's been on their resume because otherwise we won't be able to get an idea of who they are and whether they, whether you can even validate their resume because they don't even know. So what do you do about someone who's working somewhere else, they've applied for you, you'd really love to get a reference in their current job, <laughs> but they say, well, I don't want anyone to know, right? And I sometimes wonder, do they really not want me to know or they would say I have a bad reference? How do you work around that one? Obviously you have to honor the person when they, if they say, I'd rather you not talk to anybody in my current job. I don't want them to know I'm looking, but how do you figure that one out and leverage that? Because obviously you'd like to make, have the most um, current information about who they are and what they've done, if you could. So any thoughts on that? Or is that just a, something you can't deal with? Yeah, I kind of think that's, I think it kind of depends. So if they have other jobs um, that are even like in the last like five years, those ones still could provide a good reference. Um, but I totally get the feeling of you really don't want um, people from your current company to know that you're looking for other jobs because there have been people who've applied for jobs here at Deliberate U where they're in their current company and they're thinking about leaving, but then when they don't get the job with us, they don't end up leaving. Um, so that sort of situation would have really thrown a wrench into things if I actually got a call with one of them and then they realized, oh, we're leaving. So there might be an opportunity where they can get a reference from like a coworker who's a good friend and a coworker. Um, but if that's not, not the case and not possible, I would just look at their other references. So I think okay. we really don't, I, I was going to say, I think we really don't want to jeopardize their current uh, role hmm. because then they'll be relying on us, maybe providing them a role. And that's just something we don't want to do yeah, for yeah. them. So yeah. Okay, going back, um, how important is it? And we've emphasized it in the past, let's do it again. How important is it to have your questions ready for a reference, uh, make them relevant for that? Like, boy, I've, I've had references call me sometimes. I'm going, you probably haven't seen a thing. <laughs> it doesn't sound like they're ready for anything. It, it's these awkward conversations. And to me, they don't present them themselves or their organization very well. And I almost want to call the person who I was referenced for saying, don't go there. They can't even find a way. So talk about the importance of that. How do you have generalized questions, but then unique questions for that? How, do, how have you seen that experience? And how have you looked at it when you've had to call references? Yeah, yeah. So that's awesome. So I think one of the things is definitely the professionalism. Like um, the person that you're calling knows this uh, potential employee. And so you really wanna put your, your best foot forward. Um, but then also with the questions, if you were to spend five or 10 minutes ahead of that, um, ahead of that call, that reference call, going through the resume and some of the jot notes that you've taken and some of the, because as, we, as we've instructed earlier, taking little jot notes about questions about the person, highlighting questions that you have in their resume, 
ahead of time. That's all stuff that we're going to be doing in the screening process and in the interviewing process. So you're going to have that whole package in front of you. Have the package in front of you, look through it, and then look through the list of questions and maybe star the questions that you're going to ask that you think you might want to ask. And then make sure that when you're saying like, why did so-and-so leave the company? Make sure that you're asking about <laughs> with the right name and make yes. sure you're asking like, why did they leave in 2012? Like hmm. what happened that made them leave? Um, make sure that you're not just asking the question without filling in the right details, if that hmm. makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's always good to always keep reminding yourself, you're re representing your company in all stage of this entire recruitment process. You might think, oh, they're just a reference. No, represent your company well in these pieces, be prepared, be professional and that kind of piece. So uh, I know that some people, people references are part of companies and they don't want to give too much. Maybe they have some rules and guidelines to say, sorry, you know, we'll simply validate. Yes, they worked here from this state to this state and that's it. So anything you want to mention here? And once again, we are not your legal advice. Uh, make sure you get whatever legal guidance you might need as far as references. But what have you seen as far as uh, legal requirements, what things to watch out for, what some companies may push back on and legitimately. So can you share anything about that piece? Yeah. So I think some of, some of that. So if, if, as an example, if someone, most people who are let go of companies are let go without, like, without cause a lot of, it's very hard to prove cause in firing someone. Um, so a lot of things that way, you're not actually allowed to share why someone was uh, let go, you can share that they were let go. And um, so I think one of the big things is, is, is finding what questions you can ask and finding what questions you can't. Um, so if you're not allowed to ask anything about why they were let go, you could see if you could ask anything about like, what did you, what were your favorite things about working with this employee? Um, because what are your favorite things? You can also read between the lines about that. Like, if they, depending on what they mention, um, you can see where, okay, well, they didn't really mention that they were actually punctual, punctual and reliable, um, but they mentioned that they were hilarious. Well, that's more surface level and that's not really something that um, is important in a job. I mean, it's nice to have humor, but if, if you're asking a reference and one of their favorite things is humor, but they don't say anything about like nice things that you'd want an employee, then you kind of get the idea that this person might not have been a good employee, if that makes sense. So I think yeah. a lot of things, the legal stuff ties that up, but try and find the questions that you can ask that are maybe a little bit different. Okay. So not the questions about that would be tied up in legal stuff. Okay. okay. Talk to us about a good time to call references. Are certain industries better than others? How important is that kind of piece? How do you set those up? and make sure that you have enough time for the call so you can actually get decent information. So any just guidelines you wanna give as far as that goes? Yeah, so I really, with reference calls and really really any sort of call, I much prefer to have something planned ahead of time. Whether that means I have to have a call with someone to set up the call, or if that means I'm texting them to set up the call, because when someone knows that they're gonna have a call with you tomorrow at 10, they're much more likely to put some thought into how would they answer and less feel like they're like kind of, I don't know, being like blindsided by a conversation. And then they're less likely to have things going on. I remember I was doing, this is a bit different, but I was doing cold calling one time and I called a 
a concrete company. And I was calling them to talk to them about an event that we had at DU. And um, he said, yeah, I asked him if it would be better to call him at a different time. And he said, yeah, he's currently pouring concrete. Well, asking someone about a reference while they're currently pouring concrete, they are clearly occupied. But a lot of people have been taught that you have to be like multitasking. So, and they want to get it off their plate. They don't want to have another meeting or something like that. But if you're able to say, hey, let's have a call at this time tomorrow. And does that work for you? Then they can actually sit at their desk or sit in their car and talk to you for 10 minutes versus talking to you while they're pouring concrete. That's a much better situation. And so I really think that piece is good. And then there's also the thing of thinking about when are they busy? When I was, even when I was cold calling, as an example, I was thinking about when people are busy and when, when it's kind of more of a lull time in most industries, I was calling in that time. So um, food service, as an example, you're busy around lunchtime, you're busy around dinner. Um, you, depending on if you're a breakfast place, like let's say there's a local place in town called Etc. If I was calling them for a reference, I would call them at 2 p.m. probably because then they're done their breakfast rush, they're done their lunch rush, and they're in a lull. I wouldn't call them at 7 because they are full, fully into their breakfast, lot, breakfast rush. And to be honest, a breakfast rush usually leads into a lunch rush. It's not like you have a really big break in there. So that's like there's a lot of different things to be aware of that way in terms of if you're calling a... A landscaping company, don't call them at 7 a.m. because they are probably having all their people come and meet at 7, 7.30, and then they're doing their daily stand-up meetings or whatever they're doing to get the get the site ready, and maybe call them around 9 instead because then everyone's, everyone's fully working and ready to go, and then you can call them to set up an appointment. So that's that's a little bit about that. Just think ahead of time about that industry and what's really important for them, and then make sure that you book appropriately. But once again, the whole idea of this, this reference check is part of everything else. It's not an afterthought. Put some thought into how you're going to ask the questions, what questions you want, depending who you're talking to, and when you should call them, all these pieces. So it, it might just be you need just 30 minutes set aside to map this out and plan it out well. But take the time because you could get some amazing information in that that may actually further validate and make you more excited about hiring someone or give you pause and want to go back and ask some further clarifying questions. So take the time, take the time, take the time to do this well. It's not a tag on, it's not an afterthought. It's part of the process. Anything else you want to toss in here? I don't want to over talk this conversation. It's critical. We have resources available, but any last words you want to give as far as references, what you've seen that we haven't mentioned yet? I, I don't think there's a lot, but I would just say as a reminder with every single podcast episode we've done here is take the time, as you just mentioned, Matt, like take the time to prepare, take the time to prepare to make sure that you present your company well. And then you also are able to really understand who this person is because the cost of hiring and then firing an employee is huge. And I think we have a video on YouTube about that, but just the cost of a poor hire is so huge for your company. And if you have a lot of poor hires, you wouldn't believe how much wasted money you have and wasted time. So I really think take the time and really take these reference check questions and work them, figure them out. So for anyone who's one of our clients, the reference check 
questions are in the toolbox. The document's called reference check questions and it's in our recruiting toolbox. So take the time, look it over, use that as your question bank. It's really helpful and I'm sure you'll find value out of it. And as always, if you're a client, we'd love to come alongside you and help you with this further, which would be great. And if you're not our client, you want to know more about us, please go to deliberateu.com, our website, all the information and contact is there. And we'd love to have further conversation with you. And again, please take advantage of this entire series of podcasts all around recruitment.